Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Whenever people get into this space of saying, hey, should you, should this pastor spend his money this way? It's, it's an irrelevant question. It's should this person who's a follower of Jesus spend their money in this way? That, that's the question. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. Today, I had the opportunity to talk to another great friend, Will Boston. Will's the preaching pastor at the City Church in Fort Worth and has some really convicting insights into the Preachers and Sneakers conversation, which really challenged me and I'm sure will be a benefit to you as well. He knows the Bible incredibly well and has lived through being scrutinized as a pastor, which I thought would be a helpful perspective for all of us. Okay, here's my conversation with Will Boston. All right, so my next guest is another really good buddy that I've known for uh, only maybe four years, three years, but has quickly become one of my best friends in the world, which I'm allowed to have multiple best friends. Before you message me, oh, you have a lot of best friends. I'm sorry for loving people. But I'm talking to my homie, Will Boston, who I knew from our time in Austin. But we are now talking in Fort Worth at his house because he is the preaching pastor, which seems like a redundant title, <laughs> preaching pastor. But I guess there you can't be a pastor without preaching and vice versa from what I've learned. At City Church in Fort Worth, and he's been there for what? Six months. Six yeah, months. not very long. Not super long, <clears throat> but he's doing it real big now, and I wanted to get his thoughts on this whole money and materialism and celebrity pastors and finding our identity in what we wear, uh, because honestly, and we could talk about it later, but honestly, right when this thing was blowing up, he had some pretty helpful and also rebuking words for my own attitude in this thing, which helped me kind of shape the uh, up and down direction that I've taken this account. So, Will, thanks for being on the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. Man, it is a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Life is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here with you, man. So tell me a little bit about City Church and what you're doing there. And maybe, well, I guess back up and maybe talk about how you got here, maybe mm -hmm. the position you had in Austin as well as maybe in Dallas before that. Yeah. So, um, the quick, quick flyover is, um, I actually started out after college working for a, a high level politician, uh, in the state of Texas. So I did that for a little while. Yeah. So he's a Lieutenant governor of Texas for a long time and I was a, a special assistant to him. So just ran around with him for a year out of college and know what I was doing. <clears throat> and, uh, eventually from there just realized I, I he was going to run for us Senate and I didn't, uh, it was a, it's a big undertaking and not, not one I felt, like I wanted to be a part of. And so I actually ended up at a place called Mission of Hope in Haiti. So I spent a season of life um, down there in Haiti and uh, love that country and love those people and got to be a part of something really special there. And from that point, just wanted to grow and uh, understanding uh, pastoral leadership and felt like that was the right next step to kind of be trained up in pastoral leadership. And so I took a step and went and did a, a residency program with uh, Watermark Community Church in Dallas. So did that for two years, did college ministry at uh, Southern Methodist University in Dallas. And from that point, um, had the opportunity to go work with 
the lead pastor of the Austin Stone, a guy named Kevin Peck. And so Kevin... Uh, Shouts out to the Austin Stone. Yes, it. I love the Austin Stone, and that was the watermark and the, and the stone are both family for me, and uh, love those folks a lot. And Kevin uh, was super faithful just as a leader and allowed me to learn and grow a ton um, during my four years at the Stone. And uh, as I was coming to the end of that four years, I just realized that the roles I was serving in were not what I felt like I had to be serving in to provide for my family. And, uh, and so I was either going to step away from that and go into uh, the marketplace and, and get a job and provide for my family and be a follower of Jesus, making disciples in kind of everyday life. Or if God wanted to call me into a, a leadership role in his church, then I knew that he would provide for me uh, financially in that way too. So we kind of took a step away from away from ministry and, uh, and had a season of transition. During that transition season, had some kind of miraculous opportunities to be confirmed in ministry leadership. I feel like God opened some doors there to continue on there. And, uh, eventually we, we landed at the city church in Fort Worth and the city church is almost 10 years old. Uh, it's planted by a guy named Ben Conley. And, uh, and so Ben is transitioning into uh, more of a church planter training role and, uh, and city church, honestly, is just in a place where we're really, really needed to renew our vision as a church, uh, come around what we think, uh, are the, are the basics of why do we exist? How do we behave? What do we do? What's most important right now? Those kind of questions. And so that's, we're in the process of answering those questions again as a church so that we can kind of push forward into Fort Worth, seeing the kingdom advanced and, uh, seeing people grow in their own faith and then inviting other people into that faith as well. So we're talking about materialism, both in everyday Christians and also pastors. We got here by a weird, messy way. And I, Part of what I want to talk to you about is still processing whether or not this whole thing is good or not. When we first talked, you had some pretty good things to say and convicting things to say about like how I'm not going to word this the best, but how our paychecks are both the same and no more one or the other because yeah. all the money is God's money. Yeah. And I wanted to get back to that because I thought that was a powerful statement, but also I guess with that, I wanted to get your thoughts on celebrity pastors or just the whole concept of maybe mainstream celebrity Christian culture and how the fashion and brand name stuff fits in. Yeah, for sure. I got you. So so there was a few things with the um, early on, uh, like, so I, I don't even have Instagram. I'm, I'm not super connected. I'm, uh, that's not. I don't do well with like trying to live in that space. I'm always then trying to frame things for yes. how everybody else will see them. Yes. And so I just kind of cut the cord on that. And uh, so, but so my wife kind of was like, man, hey, check out this thing that's going on. Um, I think we may know who's operating <laughs> this thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, when I saw it, you know, there is, there's something in there laced into these ideas that is really dangerous. And so I'll, I'll frame it up this way. Uh, I have a baby girl, she's two years old. And uh, one of the, you know, one of the first things that I'll help her understand in her lifetime is that uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's first, first verse in the Bible. And uh, why would I start there? Cause what that means is God made everything. And so if we have that understanding of the world where God made everything, then that, that means that everything is given to us, that it has been entrusted to us by him. He's the one who owns everything. Um, and so, so, that, so the implications of that mean that I'm, I am only a steward of things that God has entrusted to me. So I'm made in his image. I'm, I'm, we, we as human beings uh, carry with us the Imago Dei. What that means <clears throat> is that we're made to be in relationship with God and to represent his authority in the world. It's an, it's an amazing thing. 
in all the universe, there's nothing more valuable than a human being. It's crazy. Um, but that also means that I'm, I'm nothing more than a representative of the king. Actually, I was in the state capitol last week and kind of got in trouble. Uh, well, got in trouble. Some Somebody didn't love that I started out not praying like I was supposed to, but kind of mentioning the fact that I was here under the authority of the king of the universe, uh, which is higher than any authority of any government, right? It's not it's – not, Even in uh, Texas? Yeah, even even in Texas, it's not comfortable for a lot of people. Uh, agree to, to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that means that everything's entrusted to us. So so even the giftedness – and this where, where this works its way into money. Money, we, we've created money as human beings, as currency, how we can operate uh, and, and acquire certain goods. And it's, you know, it's helpful in a lot of ways. Um, <clears throat> but – but all that money and that wealth even was earned through gifts and abilities that you have that God gave you. And so even if you can't trace, well, God didn't just like put this money into my account, uh, which I've, I've like had people be generous to me and, and I've literally seen money show up in my account. And I'm like, well, I know where this came from, but it's not any more my money uh, or less my money when God gives it to me that way. Versus, hey, he gave you the giftedness to be able to understand finance. So you're going to go make money in this financial realm. Or, you know, he gave you ability to be a musician and to write songs. Uh, where, where did all that stuff come from? Like, that's all his stuff. And so he's entrusting that to you. So our, our posture as human beings is stewards of our resources. And so when somebody pays you for your work in the financial realm, um, like that that money is, is not any more yours than somebody whose paycheck comes from a church. Uh, so the church organization, what people, even even that paycheck, what it means is people have generously given, they've contributed to the church in order to redeem, buy back my time. So the people of City Church, they're saying, hey, we're going to give money to City Church. Why? Because we're going to buy back Will's time so he doesn't go and spend 40, 60, 80 hours a week uh, cranking away at, at this job. We want him to spend that time helping to prepare and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. It doesn't mean I do the ministry either. <laughs> it means I'm helping and somehow... Uh, we believe that my giftedness and my best and highest use is to say, hey, I'm going to spend time studying God's word so I can encourage you from it. Um, or we're going to kind of build these structures in the church to create avenues for discipleship or, you know, whatever that looks like. But um, in theory, that you know, like, and this is not in theory. Last summer, I, I walked through the process of saying, hey, God, do you want me to take my time and go put that into commercial real estate um, so I can earn money for my family that way and make disciples in that space? Or would you have me? Uh, come off the front lines of ministry effectively. That's what ministers are, or pastors. Like we're we're called back from the front lines because we're going to help the troops and we're going to help equip them, encourage them for the sake of doing the, the work of the ministry. And so that's why whenever people get into the space of saying, hey, should you, should this pastor spend his money this way? It's, it's an irrelevant question. It's should this person who's a follower of Jesus spend their money in this way? That, that's the question um, because none of it's anymore his or, my, you know, uh, I don't, I don't even know half these guys. So, um, you know, TD Jakes, uh, is he going to spend his money on X? You know, should, should he be doing that since he's a pastor? Should he be doing that as a follower of Jesus is the question. Hmm. Um, and so that, that's kind of that conversation that we had. applies to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, and I would say for anybody, people who are listening to this, who are not followers of Jesus, am I going to like say, you know, judge you or say, Hey, you shouldn't spend your money this way or that way. My issue or my concern first is with you being reconciled, restored to God through relationship, through the gospel. That's what, that's what the message is. I don't have any expectation of you apart from, uh, apart, apart from being a part of the family of God. Right. And so when you're part of that family, then you should know and, and and hopefully you're encouraged to realize, hey, you have a dad who's entrusted you with that. How, how does your dad want you to spend that? Because he's not against you. He doesn't want to steal your joy or rob you. Um, a friend of mine, a, a, 
a great pastor that I know. He's always talking about how, you know, God doesn't want your money. He doesn't want your, it's not that God wants your money. He doesn't want your money to have you. Um, and so it's, it's more about, um, how, how, uh, how your money has got a hold of your heart or not and how God wants you to steward that for the sake of his kingdom. I mean, I'm, I live in a house that somebody stewarded his money by saying, Hey, I want you to live in this house, uh, functionally. Like that's how we were able to even to live in this house as somebody who was really generous towards us. And that's how he stewarded his money because hopefully I'm leveraging my time, talent and resources to make disciples in this space. So, yeah, that's um, legit. Wanting <clears throat> money to not have you is yeah. like super convicting for everybody because ultimately it is so easy to get into that where everything revolves around making more money, being in school to get a better job in order to get more money in order to maybe live in more comfort or something is yeah. super convicting. And that's like so easy for us to fall into that believers and non-believers. I think a lot of people would ask a follow-up question to that, to what you just said is that is, but is there any place to question optics for pastors? Cause I think that's a lot of people come from a lot of different areas of life that follow my account. And even that's kind of where I started initially. Yeah. It was like this, yeah. something about this feels icky. Yeah. And f I don't know why this stirs up something within me. So Matt Carter, the lead pastor, Allison Stone, if you saw Matt Carter step up in clearly a Gucci labeled jacket that you looked up later and saw that it was worth $3,000, would that stir up anything in you? And then if so, what is that? Because honestly, I'm, this is helping me process all this. And so yeah, yeah, for sure. Thoughts. I think you're right to ask the question. I don't think it's wrong to ask the question. I, I for one, would never know. I would have like, so right, that's right. that's yeah. the genius of um, Preachers and Sneakers is that you actually have a, a, a really uh, helpful understanding of that market, you know, that I have, I would not know. Like my shoes, uh, we're going to get into this in just a second, how my shoes probably should end up on Preachers and Sneakers in some ways. But um uh, if I saw Matt, um, step up and do that. And I noticed like, Hey, there's a, there's an extravagance to your life. There's something that seems to be there. Then the, the, that would serve me as a, as a, because I know Matt's heart and I know where he stands with Jesus. I would say, Hey, Matt, what, what's going on with these expenditures? And are these in line with what, what you think God's wanting, how you, how he's wanting you to spend that cash? Right. Mm -hmm. um, that's like a brother to brother thing. It's probably also like a Matthew 18 kind of thing because he is my brother saying, Hey, there's something, something I want to go to you directly on this. Cause, and, and I've had people come directly to me on things they have questions about. And I think, and I think it's really helpful, yeah. but I'd have to go to Matt and say, Hey, is that, do you think that's how God wants you to spend his money? He hopefully would say, yeah, let's look at both of our finances. You know, let's both of us review and see, <clears throat> are we stewarding this stuff faithfully? And the question there, I, so, so first Timothy 610 says for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. And then Hebrews 13, five uh, says, keep your life free from the love of money. And it's not keep your life free from money. Right. Right. So I, I actually hope there's tons of people who have tons of wealth. They're going to hear this or, or, or this conversation is going to stir in their heart a realization that, man, you know what? I think there's actually an eternal return I could get on the way that I invest this stuff that maybe God wants to redeem this for more than just stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's the love of money. And so God is after our hearts. He's always been after our hearts. Unbelief, it's evil unbelief in your heart that he's after rooting that out. And mm -hmm. so the love of money is the issue, not money. So just to be clear on that, like if you have tons of money, so I have very rich friends. I have very poor friends. I have very rich friends. And uh, it's not the, the amount of cash they have. It's 
It's the grip on the hat. It's what they're worshiping, right? Yeah. So, but I would have that conversation with Matt. But Matt Matt Carter to me is very, very, very different than a lot of the guys that are I'm seeing show up on these yeah. posts. And so, <clears throat> and that that would be, you know, the 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 most damning thing about what's going on there is not uh, not the shoes that they're wearing. It's the gospel that they're preaching. Yeah. And dude, that that would be so. I, I don't even know that I'm talking to a brother half the time, like somebody who's in the family of God, because because the gospel they're preaching is so distorted. Sometimes I'm not trying to say people are saved or not saved. That's a longer, more in depth conversation. But I would say that a lot of things that are being said. The things that are coming out of their mouths are more harmful than the shoes that they're wearing. Hmm. But the shoes that they're wearing, maybe that maybe that could serve as a a flag of some kind to say, hey, uh, hey, leader in God's church, are you stewarding this the way that you're calling everybody else to steward their stuff? And mm-hmm. and you know what, like that that's something like uh, pastors are not immune to their hearts getting all twisted up and getting off track. Pastors need to live. If like if you're a pastor listening to this and you're not living in transparent community with somebody where somebody can right. uh, dig into and say, hey, what, this is what's in your bank account. This is these are the the expenditures that are you know plus five k that I see, and some of the stuff doesn't add up, man. Tell right. me about that. You what, know? what what if he said these were a gift? Like you've gotten, I've gotten amazing mega, gifts yeah. before, um, <clears throat> but like more of a ostentatious nature. Like so, going back to Matt Carter's uh, Lamborghini. Lamborghini, yeah. So like he rolls up in a Lamborghini, says, "Hey, bro, this is this was a gift." Like, what are we as? as laymen or people within the big C church supposed to do with that? Yeah. That, if anything. Well, it's a, it's a strange gift to give somebody. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, yeah. unless they're really like, into Where are these people that are giving out Lambos? Yeah, uh, that, yeah. So the, the, that's the question that you want to, and I, I think it's helpful to get to in terms of op- optics. Yeah. Um, uh, so optics are funny. So we're studying the Sermon on the Mount uh, this summer at City Church. <clears throat> So come to that if you live in Fort Worth. Uh, But uh, yeah, we're going to study that. And so optics are really interesting because Jesus spends a second half of uh, Sermon on the Mount saying, um, hey, don't don't pray in order to be seen. Don't give in order to be seen. Don't do these things for the sake of optics uh, because that's empty. And and the reward that you're going to get is actually one that comes from your heavenly father. And you're and you're you're getting a reward from men, which is uh, infinitely less uh, relevant and valuable. Um, but then at the beginning of it, he talks about how we are called to be salt of the earth and the light of the world. And, and so the way that we steward our stuff and our resources, our time, talent and resources, the way we steward those things ought to tell a story of something that's, um, uh, got to, they ought to tell the story of God's glory, right. In the way that we spend our money. And that doesn't mean we go, don't go on vacation or like, we don't, we don't give our family nice things. Like, like, let's do that. Like if we can, that's awesome. Um, but for the Lamborghini, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, man, I, 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 it should be a, if it was a gift, um, I, I just would want, I, I think I would wonder, and I think there's space for a conversation to say, what does a Lamborghini cost? I don't know, $150,000. <clears> um, Hey man, there's, you know, I know you're really into sports cars. Um, uh, tell me about, tell me about this gift is, and, and quite frankly, if it's, if he's like, dude, this guy just gave me a Lamborghini, I can't sell it. Um, I, I know somebody who's been given a house in a, in a very nice neighborhood in, in Dallas and they, they can't ungive it. Right. Right. So what are, they, what are they supposed to do with that? Man, they're supposed to live in that house to God's glory, reach their neighbors, which I think they are, mm-hmm. um, uh, engage with them, uh, pay their taxes, be super faithful. I don't, I don't think 
uh, you know, like when it comes to the, that, that's the optics question. I do think um, we're better served by paying really close attention to our own hearts and our own accounts. Yeah. And so, th- and, that, and that seems like an, a cop-out answer, but it's, I don't think it is. Jesus says, hey, if, you, if you're really tempted to go pull out the speck that's in your brother's eye, hey, how, should he have given you that gift? Man, double down on the log that's sticking out of your eye. Yeah. Is your life telling that story too? And if it's not, then man, let's align our own lives to that and ask those questions. And uh, yeah, people give me really nice gifts um, and, uh, and I try to take good care of them and uh, steward them well. And, uh, but I don't necessarily like, so the, the, the passage that comes to mind is Judas. When, when a, a woman came and she, uh, she broke open this jar of perfume and she poured it on Jesus the right before pure he, nard, right? Yeah. Pure nard. I was actually <laughs> avoiding the, the nard. nard, the nard dog, but, uh, but yeah, perfume. And, uh, and, and, uh, it was really expensive. Like, I think it was like a year's worth. It was like basically like 30 K right for, or maybe 40 K. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so it was expensive, really, really expensive stuff. And, the, and, and, and they were like, Oh man, well, you should have like, you should have like, uh, taken that sold it. And, and then you could have like, how many people could you have fed with that? And, um, and Jesus rebukes them. Because he says, hey, you guys don't know what you're talking about. She's, she was in this doing something that you can't quite conceive of um, because this was an act of worship for her. Um, this was the way that she was going to engage in worshiping me. And, uh, and so do you know who is like the chief voice who is, who is condemning all those people or condemning the woman? Uh, Judas Iscariot. Judas was the one who was like, hey, man, like you guys, you guys should have sold that and given it to the poor. But the scriptures tell us what was going on in his heart. What was really going on in his heart was he was saying, you guys should have sold that so we, should have, so we could have more cash in our account because he was taking advantage of the cash that was in the account. Hmm. So that to me, like, that's why I'm going to spend way less time saying, dude, why'd you give that guy a Lamborghini? Like, that's not, I don't have to answer for that guy giving Matt Carter a Lamborghini. Right. Matt, I hope you get a Lamborghini out of this, buddy. Yes. And we can drive around together. Agreed. Um, and, uh, Matt, Matt, I, for the record, I love Matt Carter and the gospel he preaches is super faithful and powerful. I, I love him. And, uh, check him out on YouTube, grabbing a pheasant out of, the, out of the he's, pure He's hair. also really gifted in that way too. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's why I'm going to spend way less time saying, Hey, you should, you have done that in way more time saying, Hey, does my account, do, do my expenses line up with what God's called me to? And am I worshiping God with my uh, with my time and talent and you, resources. Okay, let me. I guess two questions. One, the Nard thing. We're talking about Jesus at that point, right? And is that equating too much these pastors yes. with Jesus? <laughs> yes. Just, just like I want to get in early on that and say, yeah, I'm not. That's not. That is not the. Uh, I'm not making a one to one of saying right. giving Rich Wilkerson a Lamborghini or a jet is like giving Jesus right, right. Uh, perfume. But the the commentary is pretty much the same. Like reading the comments, a lot of people will say, Oh, you're, Dude, Ju- you're Judas Iscariot, right? Or well, that, that, and like, Hey, if you would have, if this guy would have sold these Balenciaga shoes, he could have paid a month's rent for one of the poor people in their congregation. Yeah. I guess it, it, when you have such a massive impact, I'm, I still feel uneasy about if I was like struggling to make ends meet and I was still trying to tie it to the church and then I go into one of these guys' churches and dudes, and for whatever reason, I know about sneakers, and I see him wearing a $1,000 pair of sneakers. Like, what am I supposed to do that? Do about that either as a non-believer or as a believer that's like – I maybe that's two different answers. But as a non-believer, it's – a lot of people, and I sometimes I agree with it in a, in a lot of ways, is that like that would – 
make me mm-hmm. yeah. angry. And then as a believer also, like if I was struggling, like none of us are called, like he doesn't promise wealth or prosperity no. or riches. And so if I am in that season of life or I, I, am, I am poor, but I am a believer and understand the gospel, but I'm really like legitimately struggling to meet bills, like pay bills, and I'm still trying to be faithful and tithe. What am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. Uh, so, so a lot of this is made more like it's it's the the stakes are higher because of um, those churches are that have have thousands of people in, in them. Yeah. Right. And so, if you're if you're that person and you are struggling to make ends meet and like the, the just cash is really tight, right? And uh, and you're part of a family of God, um, like a church body, like that church body. Um, the way that that plays out in in the scriptures is uh, wh- where somebody's hurting, your family can help, right? And so, for the healthiest churches I know, what that looks like is, hey, are you walking in community with us? Not not like are you just showing up on Sunday and seeing this guy wearing really nice shoes, and you're like, well, what the heck, man? I I'm having a hard time finding, you know, like I'm eating fast food or ramen noodles every uh, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like, the freeze dried kind. Yeah. Not- not frou-frou ramen. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what that is. Uh, <laughs> we only have freeze-dried ramen. My wife likes it right now because she's pregnant. Um, and uh, so uh, if – but if you're walking in authentic biblical community, I think that's a deeper problem in like this – the representation or the conceptualization of the church in that sense where it's a thing that you attend, a place that you go, and not a people that you belong to. But if it is a people that you belong to and you are in a place where you're like, man, we don't have enough money, that that should for your community stir up a conversation of saying, man, wh- where are you spending your money? Uh, and how can I help you? How can I help you meet the need that you have? I have a need to help meet your need is when the same guy, another pastor I've referenced already says, says that all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really helpful because, uh, that's what biblical community looks like. I think is, um, uh, I think, I think James talks about how, if you see your, I think it's James, I'm going to sound dumb if it's not, (laughs) uh, uh, James talks about how if you see somebody in need and you, no, it's John. Sorry, uh, cut out all of this part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, all right. right, Mark for cutting. Mark, uh, cut. This uh, is a pretty low budget operation, so we're <laughs> we're doing it live at this point. This is a one take <laughs> situation. Uh, just kidding. Um, no, but the, the scriptures do talk about how um, if you see somebody in need and you and you tell them, "Hey, go in peace. Hey, I love you," um, but you don't, you're not going to help them meet, meet the need. Then you're not really loving them, right? Yeah. And so, so for sure, I think there should be questions of saying. Hey, dude, your shoes cost so much money, um, and and that to me. So, Romans fourteen, fourteen, uh, fourteen uh, um, says, "I I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean." He's talking about food and food sacrifice to idols. And mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, for if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. Uh, by what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. Even, even before that, in verse 13, he says, Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Okay, so that, that would be a place where you're saying, hey, if you're going to wear ostentatious clothes and live in that, you know, like live that lifestyle, that should and could raise questions for people who you, who are maybe financially struggling. Um, and so maybe, yeah, maybe that's not helpful for them thriving in Jesus. I'm not, I'm not going to tell them, Hey, like this is where the sneaker price comes into play because, uh, quite frankly, I wear 
some Red Wing boots. It was, they were a Christmas present. And uh, I wear them all the time and run them into the ground. Those, I don't know how much they cost, maybe like $200, $150. And I'm sure, I'm sure that a lot of these guys are making way more money than I am, more than eight times what I make. And, uh, and so percentage wise, my shoes represent the equal amount of my paycheck, you know? And so, uh, that, that's where you, you run into a space of trying to say, well, you should or shouldn't buy that. Um, the question honestly is not whether or not people like think of you that way or like, Hey, somebody in your congregation to see you wearing that shirt and think, man, he shouldn't be wearing that shirt. Um, that's that's less of what it's about, I think, and more about of trying to uh, understand how you're going to shepherd your people well and point them towards something more. And so that's that's not a it's not a that's not a catch all answer. Hey, should so and so wear a thousand dollar shoes? Like I, I don't know. Like right. should, uh, I I I probably wouldn't. You know. Um, especially because a lot of them are goofy looking, <laughs> yeah. super, super expensive. It's not about the look, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's, it's about the price. And, and that, that to me is, again, it's not an optics question because what, who you're answering to on that is God, yeah. right? And you're answering to God for two things on that. Um, especially as a leader in God's church, you're going to answer to him on how you are stewarding his resources. So, Hey, are you loving money? Are you loving the, the, uh, the prestige that comes with you wearing these shoes? If so, that is, that's wicked, man. That's, that's an evil, unbelieving heart because you're not treasuring Jesus above all things. Yeah. Right. The second thing you're going to answer for is, Hey, is are somehow, is somehow as a leader in God's church, are you directing people's attention towards something other than Jesus? That doesn't mean I go around wearing like Amish clothes or something, Yeah. but like where, where the clothes, whatever he, he's got, Paul talks so much about how women, Hey, don't adorn yourself with all these other things. Right. Is it, my wife wears earrings. Is that the point? For her to not wear earrings? No. It's for her to be adorned with something greater than earrings, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so if you are wearing that stuff in order to per- portray yourself as something, that I would say it's betraying something in your heart uh, that, that is uh, the bigger problem. Yeah. And, and again, I, I have yet to see somebody on any of these posts that I wouldn't say, man, please go and listen to what they're saying because I think they're going to lead you towards life. I, I really haven't. Like maybe some like... Hillsong people or something, you know, but like, uh, even then I, their, their music is really good, but like yeah. in terms of like solid doctrine that I know is going to point you towards where life is really found, which is in Jesus. Um, and not just saying Jesus, we can't just say Jesus and all of a sudden, boom, it's awesome. Cause people, you know, Benny Hinn says Jesus all the time. Yeah, come on. Um, but in reality, he's not pointing towards righteousness that is earned by Jesus's work alone. There, and, and he's not trying to point you towards a, a happy life. He's trying to point you towards eternal hope in Jesus. So all these guys are preaching a gospel that's fake and false and won't get you anywhere. Uh, it won't save you. And, and that, to me, is the thing that weighs heavy on my soul. And so, man, may it, may it not be said of me that, like, my shoes or my shirts or my hats or whatever distracted people from what is truly glorious in Jesus. Yeah. A follow-up to that is I'm honestly trying to understand whether or not this whole Preachers and Sneakers account fits into any of this. Because a lot of the critics, even from Hillsong, would say, this isn't my place to point any of this out. Like Even like you said, in line with the Bible, it's like we are to come to our leaders and fellow brothers and sisters in Christ in private to admonish them or rebuke them or at least ask a question about, hey, why are you, why are you living this way? But now I'm, I'm in this place where I'm. this is a very public thing, and it started as – I mean, the point was – to never reach more than 50 people that I already knew. Right. 
But now it's blown up into this public thing where a lot of people think that I'm calling these guys out and a lot of like Christians and biblical scholars have messaged me and commented saying like, hey, this isn't your place. This is uh, clearly against what the Bible says you should do as a believer in Christ or a, a member of the church. Like you, one should be a part of that local community and have a relationship in order. Like I even talked, I talked to Justice Marima yesterday and he even said this too. Like it's about relationship. Like if you have a relationship, you do have the right to come to that person and say, Hey bro, why? Like, I just want to ask you about this and not like blast it out on social media and in all of the news media, which I think is fair. But my follow-up to that is it doesn't seem like any of those questions were happening. Like there's so many people that feel passionate about like, Hey, this seems weird that they're wearing thousand dollar kicks and $3,000 jackets, but it doesn't seem like in private anyone Mm-hmm. it didn't seem like anyone was like, Hey dude, what are you doing? Like, which goes back to this whole celebrity pastor thing, which there does seem like there is some amount of almost like rulership over the church where they're inaccessible or like the question is, do they have wise people that are speaking into their lives? And if they do, is everyone just okay? Just like, you know what? I'm with you on the, the Gucci jacket. I'm yeah. good with that. So like I, I fully empathize and realize that the Bible doesn't speak specifically to what I'm doing. I, like I'm every day, like I want to be cognizant of the fact that like I recognize that if I could go back and do this again, I would probably message these guys and be like, hey, this feels weird to me. Have you ever thought about this? But the rebuttal to that is like they would have just declined the message and never responded because I'm mm-hmm. a peon, nobody. Yeah. And so now that it's been brought up to light, people are like, hey, dude, you should have done you should have done this in private. It's like yeah. nobody would listen to me. Yeah. And so I just, I guess I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. You know what I'm, what I'm thinking about in all of that is, um, I don't, I'm, I'm curious and maybe somebody can tell you if, if this is the case, I'm curious if anybody who's actually sitting underneath the teaching and influence of any of those leaders has had their mind changed through any of that. That's, that's one question I would have because it is being brought to the light, but I, I, my guess is that like all that's being brought to light is, oh, wow. And these guys shoes cost a lot of money, you know? Um, but I don't know that anybody's heart is getting changed through all of that. That's what, that's what I would be curious. Through their preaching or through? Through the preachers and sneakers. So through the, through the social media platform, I think social media has some amount of capacity to help and influence, but, um, but it is going to be severely limited in that. So this wouldn't have existed. This conversation wouldn't have existed in, in a lot of ways, um, you know, 50 years ago or whatever. Right. But, um, uh, yeah, I just, I do wonder if like anybody who's in the echo chamber that those guys exist inside of, if anybody is, um, actually getting changed to that. Cause that, that would, if so, I would say maybe, maybe there is something to it. Like maybe this is helping break through some of that probably, you know, even if it is going through the motions of saying, Hey, I sent I, again, I dude, I don't even know who have to, I don't, I'm not, again, not tied into social media. So t- tell me who, wh- who's, who's one of the guys that people are hyped about or like, like Judah Smith or Carl Lentz or, um, Ron Carpenter, TD Jakes. Yeah. I, well, I think that's, a, that represents a fairly wide spectrum even of itself. Yeah. But like if it's TD Jakes, yeah, send him a message. I, I don't think he's going to get it. And I don't think he's going to care. Right. Uh, I don't think he's going to care. But T.D. Jakes, like, um, there's a lot, there's so many other broken things going on with what he's saying that, like, again, what his shoes are saying is the least of my problems. Um, and so, uh, uh, 
Judah Smith, like, uh, who I, apparently yesterday he said he was a fan. He thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Well, uh, I, <laughs> I don't know. It seems, seems like hard to be hilarious to me. I guess he can just take it in stride, which is cool. You know, good for him. Um, I guess it should, it should bring up question. I mean, the, the result of it for me was like, uh, that I, that I was not my natural response, but what I said with my wife, Hey, you know what? The right thing for us to do here is to say, is to kind of like look back and reflect on our own hearts. Hey, where, where's our spending off? Like, where are we not being faithful with what we're spending? Uh, to get to the heart of the question, like, which is like, Hey, should, should you do this or, or not? You know, um, initially like it, it is what it is. It exists now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have started it that way. Like, and largely, unless you had taken that to those guys and said, Hey, I, I do question this. And right. I have, I have questions about this. If you want to take the time to answer them, that's, I would really appreciate that. Um, celebrity pastors, they're not that new in a sense, like their Apollos existed. Like there, there were celebrity pastors in a way, but um, th- there's a distinction between several celebrity pastors like TD Jakes and celebrity pastors like Matt Chandler. Matt Chandler is super faithful, man. And, and quite frankly, like I, I know he's living in an authentic biblical community where people can say, I don't think you're right in that, Matt. Like, I'm sure of that. I know the guys at the village and I like love them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, TD Jakes is in a different space, man. And I don't think there's anybody there who's necessarily saying, Hey, TD, I really wonder about this jet that you have, you know, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, but I don't, I don't think that's their goal. So I'm not, I'm, I'm really, I think, I think in a lot of ways, social media has blown this up into something that wouldn't have existed. Otherwise I, if it were me, like would it have started? No. Does it exist now? Yes. But in what to do with it now, I would say, man, I would try with all of my heart to convince people that Jesus Christ lived, died, rose again to set you free, um, to set you free from possessions and from any other lesser God. And so let's, um, as I would, I would, I would find positive, like guys who are living that life. And, and to, you can talk about money, talk about money all you want to. Jesus talked about it more than anybody else. I would highlight what Jesus had to say about money and what healthy followers of Jesus are doing with their money. Help people know how to, how to steward it well, not just point out where it's clear that this guy's not stewarding this resource well, or, um, and like, uh, you're not part like celebrity pastors are unique because you're not in their congregation a part of their flock. And so in some sense, you, you, they, you don't have to answer to them and they don't have to answer to you on that right. stuff. And so, and it, you know, Hey, you have a public, you have a wide influence. And so that with that comes a wide amount of critique. I don't, uh, I, it's not how I would spend my time is digging into what Judah Smith is spending on his shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, like I hope, uh, I hope that Judah Smith's church uh, I'm really uninformed. I don't even know what that church is. Um, <laughs> Sorry. But I know who Judah Smith is, yeah. and I've listened to some things he said that have been really helpful. But I hope he's living with he's, – he's a part of a church where there's elders who can say, Judah, um, man, I, I know you made this money selling this book that was really helpful to people. You made $300,000 selling this book. And, uh, and so, man, like, absolutely bless your family with that. Like, uh, do, do – you know, care about your family. And uh, – you know get, you get get your shoes. Get get those shoes, bro. Those are sweet shoes. But I see a pattern here that like you love 
these shoes in a way that might be in, kind of infringing on Jesus. Right. So, so preachers and sneakers role in all of that, I would say, Hey man, like you, you have these people are listening to what you're saying. Say the truth. They, they're they're going to see enough of untruth. Uh, say the truth to them. Right. And so I, that's how I, if it, you know, but that's how my whole life is. I'm trying to bend my whole life around that to spend all my energy and attention saying the thing that I know has the power of salvation for everyone, which is the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. So that's legit. Okay. We're running out of time, but the last question you mentioned book sales, and this is something else that, that has come up for me that I've, I've been trying to wrestle through. So a lot of rebuttal for these dudes having super extravagant things or super expensive things has like, Hey, these guys go on speaking tours and sell books uh, like you. So great with people making a ton of money. Like I have, I have no issues with wealth. The, the one question that's come up with book sales thing is like my follow-up question to, to their rebuttals is well, what are they writing about? They're not writing cookbooks. They're, <laughs> they're writing best-selling books based off of things they teach as a pastor or the platforms they've built at their local churches and so I guess I just wanted to get your opinion on where book sales fit in and is that a worthy thing? So like I've got pictures of T.D. Jakes with a $5,000 Louis Vuitton laptop bag. And the response to that is he sells, he sold millions of books and he's made movies and stuff. But is it like a self-licking ice cream cone? Is it, hey, this guy has built a platform. <laughs> yeah. He's inspired a ton of people and he writes books based off of the God or the Bible or something. And now he is making bank off of something that is related to God. Yeah. Yeah. So my deal with T.D. Jakes, I have nothing to say to T.D. Jakes other than uh, T.D. Jakes. I think that you are leading people astray and and you'll have to answer for that. Right. I'll have to answer for the things that I teach because if I'm teaching God's word, um, then then the scripture said you're going to be whole, you're going to be held to, uh, to a pretty serious um, level. Yeah. So let's, and, let's maybe, so, maybe not even. Well, well so, to, so speak to T.D. Jakes, uh, I, I would say, my issue is there is is the I, I hate it that those books are even being sold. Like don't like the the books that are being sold are promoting something that's false. Amer the documentary American Gospel, watch it, um, and uh, it, they do a faithful job of pre presenting the true gospel and contrasting that with a false gospel, which is at the heart of any of this prosperity, just trash. Like it's leading people to trust in something they're they're not worshiping God, they're worshiping money. And when they're worshiping money, that's that's a false god, and it's rejection of God's good authority. It's sin, and the wages of sin is death. Um, so T.D. Jakes, I have nothing to say to you except stop teaching that stuff. Uh, for guys, I have seen a healthy model for what it looks like for guys who have been, man, they're, they're gifted teachers and communicators of God's word. And the way that they have spoke, a lot of times it's like sermons that get translated in the books anyway. And so uh, they, they've done stuff and captured ideas and communicated ideas in ways that have been really helpful to people. John Piper, um, John Piper, like desiring God, man, like I don't know how many people's lives have been changed by that book. Yeah, I'm so glad he wrote that book. So glad that I got to read it. So helpful. It's like getting to sit with Pastor John and learn from him. It's so helpful, man. So I'm, I want guys to write good books. The book, Christian book industry is strange in and of itself right. because the way that advances work, uh, the way that you get paid up front and you're kind of like, uh, there's a, a carrot hung out in front of you to spend your time and energy writing these books. In order to sell books. Yeah. And you get, you, it is to your advantage that they sell. Um, because then uh, the more they sell, the more you get paid. But a lot of times you get paid up front for your advance. And if it doesn't break a certain threshold, it doesn't matter. But you're still spending your time and energy. So one guy I know, pastor of a megachurch, didn't write a book till like 
20 years in the ministry because he was spending his time shepherding in that flock that was among him, right? He was spending his time on that. And uh, I think that's worthwhile. So, so I, am I ever going to write a book? Probably not. I've got a lot of people to pastor, right? Yeah. So if somehow somebody ever captures something I say is worthwhile, which I doubt it, maybe it's like a pamphlet or like a note, you know, sticky note size thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, God loves you in Jesus. You know, uh, <laughs> there you go. Hold on to that one. Uh, and, uh, but, but the way that I have seen it done healthy, just for, you know, like, I think that if churches like are, if the elders in that church are saying, Hey, uh, Judah, or Hey, Matt Carter, or Hey, Todd Wagner. Um, Hey, I want you to spend your time this summer working on this book, uh, because I think it's going to be helpful for the broader church, the big C church. I want you, we want you to spend your time. We're going to, we're going to pay for your time because we're paying you a salary uh, and we're paying you enough of a salary to live on. And all the sales from that can go to something else. Um, but we're paying you enough and we're paying you really well because you're a significant, you're a lot of these guys are leading really big organizations and the competency involved in that has a high market value just for the record. Right. But beyond that, pay them enough, pay them enough to do their job and to be faithful. And if you want to redeem their time, elders, uh, that, you know, to, to help uh, steward them to write for God's big C church, uh, awesome, you know, but pay them enough so that they don't have to be incentivized by, uh, the paychecks that come from the books or the only other model I've seen that's <clears throat> pretty decent is that those guys who are writing um, from, from a single church like that pays into a LLC that's separate, separate from all of that. And so even if they do get paid, it's divided like 10 times over. Hmm. And so it's, it, it de-incentivizes pastors and leaders from spending their time doing things that's going to bump their paycheck. And a lot of times they're not trying to bump their paycheck for evil things. It's like, Hey, I need to pay for my kid going to college. And I couldn't sell, I couldn't do another real estate deal this year. That's going to pay for my kid's college. Right. So I get why they're doing it, but it's more about if, if you're leading in such a way where you have the capacity to do that, uh, hopefully your church is stewarding your time and energy and paying in, 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 re you know, compensating you faithfully on that to be able to help you so that you're not incentivized by the money to do that stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Dang, Will. This is all super powerful and super convicting to me. And this is why I wanted to interview you because you got a lot of st good stuff to share. And a lot of people probably wouldn't hear the things you'd share had we not had this super weird yeah, dude, situation. So, so, and I'm bro, I'm, I, I want to just say on this podcast that I'm so proud of you. Like as a friend, like I'm, I'm very proud of you, not because you are uh, savvy with marketing or uh, able to create something that's funny and like really interesting. Th that's always going to be true of you. But what I'm, what I am especially proud of is uh, just the way that your heart has reacted in the midst of all of this in the way that you have not hardened towards something or pursued a path that I think is contrary to what God would have you do, but you're very diligently trying to understand, okay, how, Hey, I've, I've been given this platform. How can I steward it faithfully? Yeah. That's what, and that's what I'm going to root for you to do. And uh, man, and all of it, man, I, I hope glory, I, I hope Jesus, gets a lot of glory. Um, he, he is worthy of all of that. There's a song called, Is He Worthy? And the answer in the song is, yes, he is worthy. Yeah, that's good. Uh, he's better than any shoes you could find, better than any food you could buy. He's better than all this stuff. And man, like, I really need a spirit to continue to help me understand that, remember that day to day. So that's what I want for you. It's what, well, anybody who's listening to this, it's what I want. Man, I appreciate that, Will. Thanks, thanks so much. Thanks for taking the time. We're pretty much out of time at this point. But if anybody wants to connect with you and admonish you via email please, or anything, please will at the city church.net will at the city church.net will Boston. Thanks for your time again. And, uh, I imagine this won't be the last time we talk either in public or private. So again, I appreciate you. Uh, hope you have a good rest of the week. Yeah. Love you, buddy. I absolutely loved my conversation with will and walked away immensely convicted and challenged. 
be sure to connect with him via email at will at thecitychurch.net. If you made it this far, thank you for sticking around. Also, if you haven't already, please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the Preachers and Sneakers podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Thanks again for tuning in to the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.